There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. You've landed on The Substance, a podcast aimed at being biblical, thoughtful, and human. Join us every other week as we engage the culture without the culture war. I'm your host, Trevor Aiken, joined here by a couple of my co-hosts. That is Vincent Edwards. What's going on? And Philip A. Marinello. Hey, everybody. <laughs> you like that? I throw that throw the middle sure. initial in there. I'll take, feel it. Even I'll take it. More so official. I sign my official documents. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that when people author books, the people who oh, use just sure. two initials for their name. You no, know they do that I, just for I, I the book. I would probably go Philip A. Marinello if I write a book. You do P A. You wouldn't do P A. Marinello. No, no, no. I would not. I don't want to go by P A. No, no, no. No, no. Wait, Vincent. Vincent, what would your what would your scholarly book title be? Vincent Edwards <laughs> feels professional <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, nah, but but if you did initials. Oh, if I did initials. Um, yeah. V. Well, no. I guess it's Vincent D. Edwards. So so V V D. Ed- yeah, probably. <laughs> Not VD. That's why I avoided that. <laughs> cool. Very cool, guys. Let's uh, VD. So, that's funny. Um, oh, God. Well, thanks for joining The Substance today. We're a Christian variety show. And every week we talk for about an hour about some things related to Christianity, culture, and the arts. Sometimes we have great guests on, like Alyssa Wilkinson, Brett McCracken, Eugene Park, Tyler Huckabee, some good folks who we've really enjoyed conversations uh, around stuff in the culture and movies with. And then I edit all, all the stuff that I do wrong so that you just hear <laughs> good stuff instead of that. But anyway, nice. we'll do some shout outs at the end if I think of any. And uh, you'll definitely hear Phillips and Vince's. And man, it's great having you or having you back. Yes, sir. Yeah, this week we'll, well be doing a get fired uh, off. I'm probably getting fired from intros after that one for, for a little bit until I get this get this new script down or well, something. You're not a movie guy. You're not a movie episode intro guy. That's it's fine. right. There you go. It's fine. That, if you're new to the substance, you might not know when we do the movie episodes that uh, I kind of play the role of the not movie guy on the movie podcast. So it's always it's always kind of a kind of a fun thing to do. So I might as well be the not able to do the intro guy as well. That was something. But we're here. Intro done. Check. <laughs> Introduce episode. So this is a substantive cinema. We'll be covering. Uh, we're all very excited. I mean, honestly, oh, Trevor, are you excited? How, how are you feeling about what's your nope anticipation level? Oh, that's happening? What's the, what's an? It, I think I saw a trailer once while I was maybe seeing something, maybe in the theater, maybe not. And I was like, that's kind of neat. All right. Um, and then I figured it would come out eventually and hey, that I would see it. Maybe. Hey, hundred percent agree. Does look neat and uh, it should be coming out. Yep. Um, 
we're, uh, yeah. we're pretty excited about it. We previously covered Get Out with Eugene Park, and uh, we're all very excited about Nope. So I thought, hey, let's let's complete the Jordan Peele filmography for now. And not just complete, like, this is a very substantive film. We're talking about uh, 2019's Us, hmm. um, his second feature after in 2017, Get Out. Um, critical and Get Out. audience success. And at a very small budget, it made tons and tons and tons of money on the budget. Got four Oscar nominations at one best screenplay. So expectations were very high or interest was very high. I remember when this was getting ready to come out. I was I was pumped. Vince, did you see this one in the theater? Um, I did not see us in the theater. Actually, you know what? I did. I did see us in the theater. It was really, really good. It was way more, I would say, I don't want to say terrifying, but it was it was scarier than get out it for was sure. Scarier for sure. Like it was much mm-hmm. more slack. Get Out is Which a horror movie, for sure, in, right? Yeah, this was had much more, like not quite slasher, but like just like people stalking. Like it was definitely it was a yeah. more overtly yeah. scary movie. Well, and before we dive in, I definitely want to let the audience know: Hey, spoiler alert! And spoiler alert is fair for this one because even though it re- was released in 2019, it is a time soup. Yeah, you can. 2019 is basically yesterday. Yeah, and honestly, you will re- re-watch that movie and find so many more things as you keep watching it. So it's 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 a movie that is definitely has rewatch value. So um, we are going to spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, yeah. stop this episode right now. Go watch it and then come right back. If that matters to you. Or if you're like, ah, I just want to hear him talk about it and you might kind of get primed for it. So uh, enjoy. Either way, just know that we're going to be kind of talking about the whole thing. Exactly. Get out. It, it was something that really made me think I really enjoyed that movie and us in the horror genre. Like I was reading that Jordan Peele did want to make it something that would be really true to the genre. Like he made get out and he felt like maybe people didn't really take it seriously in as a horror movie. Yeah. So he wanted to make a horror movie, but I would still say that like, so like personally I don't like horror mm-hmm. and I know that's a lot of people out there too. Like you might see that and see that this is a horror movie and think, nah, um, well, not if you it. look at the poster too, like it is very eerie mm-hmm. and creepy. Like I know but my I wife saw the poster and she's like, "No, not interested." No way. Yeah, they, they might say, "Nope." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it's accessible, honestly, mm-hmm. even as a horror film. Like it's, it's not one of those that's like. I mean, to me at least, keep you up at night, give you nightmares, it's not really gruesome. Like that. It, no. it is. I mean, it's scary in the moment. Like, it'll put you on that roller coaster thrill ride. Yeah. Um, but I mean, one of the things that Jordan Peele has said a lot is his, in his lane of like the social thriller horror thing, he's aiming for a thoughtful popcorn movie. Like, he wants it to be an entertainment yeah. that takes you on a ride, gives you an experience. You feel like, oh, like I got my 12 bucks worth, whatever, in the theater, or exorbitantly more if you're going to like, you get all the AMC or whatever. If you pay for a movie, he, he wants you to get your money's worth, but also not just have the thrill, but like sit with you. Cause I mean, both get out and us are very, very entertaining movie watching like theatrical experiences or yeah. living room experiences. But then there are movies that, okay, once it's over, like let's talk about that. Right. That's another reason I think it'll make a, a great topic for this episode. For sure. 
just to give a quick synopsis of the film, Us starts in, I believe, the 1980s. A young lady, she's uh, with her family. The family's kind of arguing. She wanders off on the beach. She finds a, she goes into a mirror, uh, one of those fun house mirror areas um, in like the carnival or whatever, and finds a reflective image of herself. But it's not actually the mirror. She is looking at an actual double. Um, then that leads over to a family of four who's going on a vacation within the same area. And um, they are enjoying each other, enjoying the family. And then by the evening, there are <laughs> another family comes to visit them. And it is actually a doppelganger family of each family member. And from there, the night turns quite terrible. Doppelgangers are scary, man. Yeah, in general. Yeah. I think if I saw a doppelganger of myself, I would be pretty terrified. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, like, they've definitely got a strong cinematic legacy. Um, yeah. Being usually very terrifying or, like, dark omens or things like that. And I thought that the uh, the initial seed of that will go really well with the ideas that he's trying to get at. And I really do love, like we said before, how he he makes good movies with really strong ideas, which is why, like, I really hmm. think look at like jumping forward a, a couple of decades. Like I think his filmography is going to be something very, very special. If he is allowed to continue to get funding yeah, and, and go in that direction, these types of stories that he wants to make. Yeah. And I, I will, I'll also interject like for people who are like me, who love the plot points and it's like, everything has to make sense, make it make sense. This is one of those few, 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 few movies where there are elements of the story that just occur. They exist, and it's not going to get explained. Oh, for and sure. I think that's a good thing, actually. In order to engage your imagination, I think those things have to not be explained in order for you to engage those ideas. So if you're the kind of person where it's like everything has to fall in line, tell me every single detail, you are going to be disappointed on that fact. Yeah. But it is absolute, like, it's worth it to go that journey without certain explanations. So I, I think it challenged me in that way. And it was, it was kind of fun to think about it in that way as well. This movie is definitely made to be thought about, but not exactly, not in the way of hyper internal logic. Right. Cause I mean, the very beginning, the title cards at the beginning says, um, there are thousands of miles of tunnels beneath the continental United States, abandoned subway systems, unused service routes and deserted mine shafts. Many have no known purpose at all. So like he's setting the stage, like that is an idea. Like you don't mm. want to run with that to it. But the idea is there are things like undergirding our foundation Underneath. that mm. we didn't set in place. Like we didn't do that had purposes at times that probably will have ramifications going forward, but just know that. And just they just exist, and we yeah. don't, it just and we is. don't really think of it, but they're there and they're underneath the surface, right? Yeah, Ooh. and I mean, and right away, talking like he mentions the United States specifically. The movie's called Us. You can kind of look at it as like one specifically, like us. Like it is about like you as the viewers kind of being brought yeah. into it. But I mean, it is very like as as Red, the uh, main character's doppelganger, says <laughs> very kind of chillingly, like when. They yeah. say, like, who are you guys? She says, we're Americans. Like, it, the <laughs> right. movie well, is about the United States. Yeah. Mm. And it, it's, it's definitely layered. Um, 
oh man, it's so much about this. It, uh, so I guess I'll just ask you guys, like Trev, Phil, what would you say was one of the most substantive points that you pulled from? Just just one, just one or two that you guys would say, like this movie really speaks to that in a substantive way. I mean, I don't know specifically about points, but I mean, the movie is about like the sins of the past. And I would also kind of tag on something that we talk about a lot is the nature of communal sins or systemic mm. sins or evils and kind of the the ripples and the consequences that you either benefit, like how how people benefit from things that maybe they didn't do or are harmed by things that they didn't do unfairly and just kind of how that all entwines together. Yeah. Hmm. It's really weird because you, and this is a spoiler. So the young lady who was, she was abducted in, in, as a child. Yeah. Let's get this out of the way at the top. Let's not tease this out. Yeah. So it's uh, Lupita's character. Uh, when she was a child, she was switched. So the, the, hmm. the, the doppelganger, the doppelganger switches with the actual one who's on the surface and they switch spots traps her down Ooh. there and but here's the crazy thing she adopts the environment when she's down there and so it almost says we we like to in our minds when it comes to movies or or anything that we're watching cinematically it's who's the bad guy who's the good guy and sure there mm. was no sinister motivation so much from at least initially with the little girl who got kidnapped but she adopted this area and this environment and in interjected this idea of we are being mistreated because you know for the few years she lived before she got switched she knew that that life down here is very different from life up there mm -hmm. and it's just it's a call out to some sinister nature in ourselves I mean, I guess it's correct to say she adapts, but she really survives and then kind of engineers the revolution. Yeah. If you're looking at it in that way. Yeah. The the whole idea of like what's underneath the surface matters and, and will come to light and you'll have to deal with it. You know, you have to deal with the you that's under the surface. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those movies where it bears watching again and, sure. and getting more. Like I know, I know that when I watched Get Out the first time, like I immediately like rewatched it. Mm -hmm. And there's very, very few As a, movies. Which for Trevor is like I'm really, really something. Yeah. Really don't do that. Yeah. But like immediately it's like, okay. I think I think the only other movie I've done stuff like that with is like maybe Fight Club and Usual Suspects. Mm. But yeah, I feel like this this could bear that as well because just understand like there's so much importance and meaning that that's being worked into this movie and the different symbols that like the first time I watched it, mm -hmm. it really felt like okay, I'm watching this, this kind of creepy movie where these people get haunted by their doctor gangers who like you learn more. Which works more. as a movie like that is a scary premise yeah. that that is an effective. Here's my here's my ticket price. Like send, yeah. give me something kind of scary and fun and. It's much more well-constructed yeah. than much more of the movies that are out there. Yeah, and it morphs, like, over time. Like, it, I think a lot of horror, and I think something that Jordan Peele does well, like, a lot of horror really focuses in on the individual and the personal, like, the personal actions, the individual actions. And, mm. like, one thing that happens in this movie is it zooms out. 
Yeah. And the fact that it does that, like the fact that it, you start seeing that it's other families, the fact that you start seeing it's the whole nation, the fact that you start seeing this hands across America kind of thing. Sure. Happen that was right at the beginning. The yeah. People. yeah. At the beginning and then at the end as well, as they like sure. form the literal chain, it's like he's doing something that's bigger, that's more social than even just the personal events and you know what I mean? Because yeah. a lot the of horror ending, is about someone's personional tragedy and yes. like yeah. this is about horrific the, events, but this is bigger than that. Yeah, this and is when about it gets the bigger, than that is what tragedy. almost like allows it to be to transform in a way that made it more accessible to me as a horror. Because like, yeah, that gets so intense. But I think it got it, he gives you all that intensity and then pulls back and shows you that there's actually a greater meaning to it. Yeah, you know, I remember one feeling I had when I first watched it in the theater by the end. And in all honesty, I felt despair because it was like, if that kind of thing happened, I'd die and my doppelganger would take and hold somebody else's hand across the nation. And Jordan Peele didn't give us a resolution at the end. It wasn't like, okay, they did all of this, but then the military came in and got rid of all the doppelgangers. You know what I mean? Yeah, the ending is hard. hard. Like, I don't want to focus tough. too much on the ending, but it is. And I don't know how you could have ended it better. And again, like that goes to the idea of you don't want to pick it apart too hard. No, and it's not that the ending is bad. It's just more of like this feeling of like, because what there's that? no resolution, it, it yeah. leaves this kind of despairing wonder of like, man, what's the world going to be like now? You know what I mean? It, or it, their world is not so much ours, but it's just saying, what is the world going to look like now? And, it, it, and that mystery is like, I don't go on the journey to try to figure that out by any means, but it is leaving that mystery of like, dang, that kind of sucks. What's happening next kind of thing. If you follow the metaphor of what the, thematically the movie is about, I think that is actually a really interesting conversation point if you want to look at it substantively so mm -hmm. one of the questions that the movie raises is like how does our privilege get paid for like who who suffers mm -hmm. so that we can have prosperity and and mm -hmm. what happens when the people who suffer like revolt and decide that they don't want to suffer like necessarily mm -hmm. like there is chaos and like you mm -hmm. hear people talk about like with the systemic racism conversations like well, what do you guys like want mm -hmm. what's the solution like we have mm. baseline normalcy so like if we really upset the apple cart then what's going to happen yeah that will introduce some chaos and like a reordering what happens okay, when agree. you try to <laughs> uh, equalize things a little bit like mm -hmm. there is chaos there that yeah. is an interesting thing that like you kind of can't escape and it is uncomfortable that discomfort you have is probably the same discomfort in the fear that is being preached to people with certain persuasions and mm. socioeconomic yeah. and tribal identities. Like, well, if if we give in to these things, then there's just going to be like wanton chaos. And that is kind of unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really good point. And like a huge topic of conversation, and I, I'm not on social media, so I don't know if it's that huge, but a topic of conversation that at least I heard was this desire to, or and we, we even talked about it, like people who are trying to dismiss the systemic racism kind of conversation often say we are not guilty for the sins of our fathers. And it's like, well, sure, but even in this movie, 
it's showing like the people who who are dying or being confronted by their doppelgangers they didn't do this governmental genetic process to try to control people like you know what i'm saying like they the suffering that these doppelgangers had was not at the result of the people who actually got the consequence yeah but they were the ones like benefiting from the suffering exactly exactly and so it's to say it's it's even though you weren't directly involved in that suffering it does not mean that it is far you're not absolved from from your ignorant benefiting exactly Mm. yeah one of the things about this movie too is it's so i remember watching it and just thinking like okay i feel like something's vaguely going on here about like (laughs) the privilege and the race and all this stuff but it doesn't like you can't coherently really map it and say okay well this equals this in the world or this is like kind of what's going on 100 no, like point. that's not the goal I, of it you know because i like to be entered into a world you know what i mean and try to like kind of think about where is this what is this universe that's being crafted and and what you know am i learning about it but i i think what Alyssa wilkinson wrote i'm literally going to quote from this article because i thought it was really good like it works best if you don't try to pick it apart too much and stitch together coherent mythology. Hmm. It's going to frustrate uh, you if you crave plot points that can be coherently explained and mapped explicitly directly onto the real world. Yeah. And that way it feels less expertly crafted than get out though. Also more ripe for rewatching considering from new angles, your mileage may vary. What people see reflected in the film may say, less about the film than it does about themselves. Mm. It's no accident that some posters of the film feature inkblot imagery to mimic a Rorschach task. So I thought that that was interesting too. Like what do people see when they watch this, you know, as well? Cause I, I almost read it as kind of a somewhat of a blank slate, just kind of an eerie mythology of something that lies under the surface. Mm. I think it makes sense that it's race. I mean, we know Jordan Peele's mythology. We know, the the history of america we know some of the things that he's alluding to you know very clearly with like scenes with the rabbits and stuff like that mm-hmm. there's some very clear illusions of that he wants us to think that but it it can be other things too exactly and that's it why be, it's yeah. not about how did the tethered originate who is yeah. the mastermind behind the tethered it's yeah. just the tethered are. here's the tethered yeah. yeah which i'm so happy about oh man we don't need like sequels and prequels and miniseries and spinoffs is like here's how they became it's like no like this is a very thrilling thing that is very substantive and like yeah. if you want it to be a lot of really good fodder here and i was just thinking about the beginning of the movie vince we talked about Candyman a few times yeah i i always forget i've seen this movie i think when i watched it for this episode it was the fourth or fifth time i watched it mm-hmm. i always forget uh yaya's in it and when I saw him this time, he's Adelaide's dad back in the 80s. Yep. Um, and it just made me real sad that things shifted around. And for whatever reason, like Jordan Peele didn't actually direct Candyman. I feel like a Jordan Peele and no shade to Nia DaCosta. Like it's an interesting movie. Yeah, it's man, not like not bad. For I would have. How great would a Jordan Peele directed and written and 
full fully vision Jordan Peele Candyman. How great would have that been? Yeah, that would have been sick. I would have watched mm. that like six times. <laughs> Seriously. I do want to revisit Candyman, but like seeing him, I was like, oh yeah. Like yeah. it kind of made me feel a little bit salty and it's just sad. I would have loved that. But if yeah. they make more, get Jordan Peele on that. But I'd rather actually have original Jordan Peele movies. Yeah. And I like the point that you brought up or the, from the quote that uh, you did, Trevor, because that was also a part of my frustration. Like I walked out of the film asking a lot of those questions. Mm-hmm. What are these rabbits? Are they, did they really survive <laughs> on rabbits? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, mm-hmm. and who actually created them? Like, and to your point, Phil, like, and that's why I made that face. Like, I kind of wanted like us prequel to like to, yeah. like that itch to <laughs> say all right show me how it happened though like i get what you're trying to tell me i hear the message big dog now tell me how we got to here you know what i'm saying give me but, that yeah. series prequel about yeah. the plants like give me the first purge <laughs> version of us and like show me how it started exactly but yeah. i i'm glad like over time and watching it multiple times i think that's the genius of the film saying there are going to be elements of this that you are not going to know about you're not going to know its history yet this thing exists and it's affecting the world the us world in a deeply impactful way how do you deal with that yeah and i and i appreciate that and it challenged me in a way that i don't think a film has just because i'm often like i will say a film is trash if it didn't make sense in my brain um Mm. but this is one of the few where it's like there are huge plot holes but I'm okay with that, like, because I need to. But think. plot hole insinuates that, like, there was a mistake made. Sure. Okay. Sure. What's the? I don't know the. the I, I, I know what you're saying. No, I, and, and sure, sure, sure. For it. and that's not. I'm just kind of being nitpicky a little bit. Well, yeah, and I don't know if we have a I have a term for it, but you, you you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's very elliptical, right? Like he he it, it leaves stuff out that you would kind of want more on, but at the same time, like it's because. I don't know. You know, maybe we're more comfortable with allegory than we are just with representative art, you know, like the Mm. same reason why impressionism as an art form was, you know, looked down upon when it first came out. It's like, well, what, like, where's the sharpness of the images? What are you doing with these weird blurry brushstrokes? Yeah. But at the same time, there's, there's something about the staying power and the representation of that. That's powerful. Which is a, a good segue for my soapbox of many people were robbed, but Lupita Nyong'o was especially robbed at mm. the Oscars that year. Like, Get Out, I think, deserved yeah. all four of their nominations. They deserved their win. I feel like they maybe deserved more. But, I mean, Us got zero Oscar nominations. Like, it was That's very burr. It was very non-put-in-a-box, wrapped in a boat. Like, this should have mm-hmm. absolutely gotten the best screenplay nomination this absolutely should have gotten the best director nomination um, well but they're having Lupita, to act both sides like they're they're acting my goodness. Let's talk and about tethered that. and untethered the movie itself all four of the principal actors in this film were incredible they did dual roles phenomenally and sometimes obviously they shot them on different days and they stitched them together but like in the same scene playing opposite themselves it really like it's low key, like pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have a crazy shooting schedule. They didn't have a crazy budget. This is a, a horror movie budget, a horror movie shooting schedule where like each actor effectively like did two roles. 
Well, yeah. Especially Lupita's character. Even more. If you yeah. think about the Adelaide Red thing, like as Red, she's playing a normal human child who grew up as a tethered child, uh, the like in the tethered the yes. environment, having adopted their culture, having like taken on their cause. Yeah. It, that's just mind bending kind of weird, you know, like, and, and she knows it. Yeah. And she's she really so tapped in, in a way where, and I think honestly, that was the, the scariest part or not the scariest part, more of just like the piercing part of just like her performance really made you believe like, yo, she has been slighted and, and she's not standing for this anymore. Red. And it's like, and even the intensity of when she was telling her, uh, her uh, Adelaide, a- Adelaide, that initial monologue. In yeah, the, the initial monologue, and then and then she was like telling her to attach herself to the with the handcuff to the to the coffee table, and even the look where she was kind of like kind of dancing her fingers on her face and how she was looking at her, it was just like, oh my goodness, like it it was just it was it, I don't know I want to say groundbreaking, but I also want to be like I, I don't know if that's the appropriate way to say it. But I mean, it felt that way. It was just uh, it's one up of there. And even the kids, the the younger actors, that they did girl fantastic. was terrified. The the tethered young girl of the family. Lupita yeah. Nyong'o and Winston Duke have two children. Both child actors were incredible, but that tethered young girl, terrifying. Oh yeah, terrifying. The faces she made. Then I mean, Ooh. and you have a person. Who looks exactly like you? So that's already a shock factor. Mm-hmm. Then that person says, "Hey, big dog, you are in an environment where you're in trouble, and I have the advantage. Trust me." With the makeup and the like, they did, oh my goodness! They, they, and then the that looks, smile that she had, oh, and, and it was like not ending. The big eyes, oh man! And it's just like, oh, my, you know what? I would have been like, all right, you go ahead and take my life, big dog. I'm cool. <laughs> When she was on top of the car, and that guy's like, hey, like, get off my car. Right. And he's like, oh, this is just some dumb kid. And I was like, oh, this, this is not going to end well for this guy. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it, it takes quite a few elements of what anybody would be fearful of and really compounded it to where, and, and, and the performances were spot on. I don't think casting could have been any better. Um, so they did a really good job. You were talking about that monologue scene. So when they first kind of, break into the home, confront the the real quote-unquote family. On subsequent viewings, I almost got teared up. Like, it's hmm. it's a really brutal story. Because like you said, she was taken from her family and then forced into the system that most people aren't aware of, realizing that, like, she has to suffer in order for her counterpart to prosper. Mm-hmm. And doing that as somebody who knows what she's missing the bitterness and the extra layers of horror, especially when she talks about having children yeah, and just going through that experience. Like it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's brutal stuff within packaged within this like popcorn horror movie, like about doppelgangers, like, Ooh, boo, scary. Like it's really dealing with substantive things. Yeah. What did you guys think about the uh, Jeremiah 11, 11? Reference. Man, he got lucky. Good golly, did he get lucky. <laughs> yeah, he did. He got, <laughs> golly, it's perfect. So in the opening sequence in the 80s, 
Adelaide sees a guy holding a sign at the boardwalk saying Jeremiah 11, 11. And the text of that verse reads, Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I'm bringing disaster upon them, which they will not be able to escape, though they will cry to me, yet I will not listen to them. And talking about how God's people, like the nation, drifting away, doing wrong, God is like, you're going to be judged for this. And it happens to be mm. in a mirrored double, like one, 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 like Jordan Peele just got, he hit the jackpot on that one. <laughs> yeah, he did cosmically. Somebody uh, marked out the verses for him real nice. Right. <laughs> and That's 11, crazy. 11 features just filmmaking artistically. Uh, the clock reads 11, 11 at one point and, and they oh, kind of yeah. note it. And yep. the baseball game that Winston Duke's character is watching. Yeah. Uh, the baseball score was 11, 11 at a certain time like he's just there's a lot there like it is really like ripe for repeat viewings like just about every every aspect of the movie this might be a little off topic from where we're at so apologies if so but like in my mind your character your main characters in the horror are the ones who are humanized in their frailty and in their passions and the things that they want and the things that they're afraid of and the things that they do stupid and and all sorts of stuff you know we're yelling at the main character while the forces that come against them are usually big and ominous and 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 not relatable and not human hard to comprehend um Hmm. things you know i i don't know that anybody humanizes for example freddie um and like friday the or jason which one is it friday the 13th i don't know i'm not once again i'm not jason is friday the 13th but yeah (laughs) there's a there's another guy anyway there's also whatever these other guys too but yeah so (laughs) there are other kinds of horror yeah yeah that's my quote uh non-movie guy here um but my point being that like are you sitting there being like man you know Jason's kind of empathetic character. I don't think so. So, But Mm. like, there are moments in this movie that if, unless I'm misremembering like where the little boy was sitting down with his doppelganger little boy. And they're like, were they like playing with toys for a moment or something? Or even like just hearing the magic trick thing. yeah, Yeah. Or even just hearing, um, the lady's story, like you were just talking about, Phil, like there are moments that humanize the tethered in ways that like is un is unnatural and a little bit different for the genre, you know, for these characters that are supposed to be the element of horror, the element of, you know, the thing that we're terrified of, of, of the, the tragic, you know, awful disaster that their presence is. Um, it's more than just that because the, he humanizes them too. And there's elements where we can empathize with it, which is kind of unique. Yeah. Um, Phil and I were talking about it. I think the only other film that I've ever seen that was uh, wrong turn, the newer version, because initially, Oh man, that's a shout out right there. Yeah, I'm not going to tell, you know, no spoilers for that, but I think an element of initially like these bad guys are really bad guys. And then as the movie continues, it's like, oh, you know, little mini shout. No, if we had a substantive cinema podcast Mm -hmm. and we did a horror thing, 
the the new wrong turn reboot was really really impressive yeah. and it, for but sure it, it dabbles into that what you're talking about yeah. about like being able to say okay like typically the bad guy is the bad guy and we don't have to go beyond that they're the bad guy the they're, trying candy wrong, man. they're trying to kill people da, 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 da. but it's like certain movies like wrong turn like us and i'm sure other films where it's like you know the bad guy is a bad guy, kind of, but there are certain elements where it's relatable. There are certain elements where it's like, I don't think that's bad, necessarily. Um, how you're maybe executing certain things is bad, um, but it's it, it really, and, and I like that. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I like that because it forces you not to have that um very just plain sectioning of characters it's either this group is bad this group is good i'm rooting for you guys hopefully you'll get the victory like almost every rock movie um it's like no you have to actually think and there are certain elements that are absolutely different there are other elements that are actually going to engage in ways that's not going to make it black and white is going to make it very very gray yeah, no, I think those are some good shots. And this is maybe a weird one as well. But, like, I can almost find some similarities, guys, with Godzilla, in a way. I was sure. going to say that. Yeah. That's oh, not right? even a stretch, for sure. Yeah. Because Godzilla, the, the character, the, 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 the force the, of nature that is Godzilla is um, somewhat relatable. Um, in a way, like it, it's it's something that you empathize for. Like it it got disturbed out of its home. It's a force from that's kind of because of the things that have happened in the past that is now wreaking destruction on folks, you know. But itself is empathetic in ways. Like it's just disturbed and from its home because of the things that that men have done and the ways that it's dealt with aren't great. Like all those kind of things, there's some similarities and, and there's a lot about the social past and what we might need to choose to do. That's kind of being alluded to there as well. So yeah, there's lots of different lenses to look at yeah. this film. Apparently that's pretty wild. You, uh, you reminded me there, Trevor, with what you said, talking about like the things that happened in the past. One of the things I absolutely don't want to miss on our episode here is uh, just Winston Duke spotlight. The man was excellent as like the dopey dad and like the primary comic relief, a mm -hmm. lot of cringy, funny lines and a lot of actually funny. Like he's just a dad, <laughs> like right. he's a yeah. dad trying to enjoy his vacation. Like he's trying to crack yeah. some dumb jokes and trying to like um, one up his buddies and trying to enjoy time with his wife and just doing all these things. And But one of the lines that he had that kind of stuck out to me on this viewing was when Lupita was talking about, like, she doesn't want to go to the beach, like where she was kind of traumatized as a kid. Tells him the whole story. Well, tells him the whole story without the spoiler of revealing who she actually is, saying, hey, like, I saw this other version of me. It is a little bit unclear as to if she has kind of like lied to herself a little bit through the movie and kind of told herself the story of like, no, like I belong here and all that. But sidebar aside, um, she tells him the whole story. Like I saw this other girl 
it was like terrifying. I ran away. Like it really kind of had this big effect on me. And his, his response was, Hey, look, like whatever happened, happened a long time ago, right? Like, what does that have to do with now? And just kind of filling out the portion. He's not just the comic relief. Like he is kind of playing the classic archetype of the fool and kind of the person who's got no, he's like, he's got jokes, not a whole lot of substance, not really interested in self-awareness at all. And when directly presented with, Hey, like this is what our whole predicament hinges on. She kind of gives him like 90% of it. And he's like, yeah, like happened a long time ago. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Mm. I feel like I hear that a lot too. Like, yeah, stuff that can be us Wait, like that. This as living yeah. and now, like that is us, us, the movie. Hopefully it's not us, but I mean, communally, I, I thought it was interesting. Another detail that Alyssa pulled out that kind of goes with what you're saying, Philip, is this shaman vision quest um, fun. Yeah, house I was thinking about mentioning that. I wasn't into, sure where to work that in organically. Tell yeah, about it turns that. into Merlin's enchanted for, forest. So it's like you've kind of got this, you know, kind of race. In the 80s, it didn't raise any eyebrows. Yeah. But then you have it being completely painted over, you know, as this Merlin's enchanted forest. And it's like, you know, we just forget that this this other thing existed. And so, yeah, I, I mean, oops, there's, there's Disney rides like that, right? Like where yeah. Briar, what was it? Um, yeah, Briar Rabbit. Briar Rabbit, yeah. And the Song of the South part of the theme park that, that got turned into the totally different island thing. Um and they like repainted over all the stuff in the ride and like all that, all that kind of stuff to just sure literally put a layer of paint over, over the races over the path. But like yeah. also in the, in this, like if you go too far, like what were they supposed to do? Like, yeah, we had like a really bad Indian, like red, like stereotype of like the, the red face. And these are like bad, scary people or like these people oh, are sure. only one thing. Like, what do you yeah. do? I don't know. But like, but to literally go, ah, like, <laughs> Like, this is different now. Yeah, and even it it's interesting different. in that specific way, like, to the the one-to-one of, oh, like, we've got this crazy character that's, like, a real person, like, a mm, real yeah. nation of people who we stole this land from and brutalized yeah. versus, ah, wizard. Like, those yeah, are right. the, like, for our enjoyment and for our consumption, like, these two are equitable. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a message for us in a way where it's like I don't no matter how much we think that there's a benefit to just say, "Hey, let's just move past it, push past it, forget about it, whatever." Uh, the movie us shows that, you know, you can't just paint over something or quote unquote replace something and that fixes the problem. As well as there is so much value in remembering the past rather than covering it up. Because then it allows us to be able to, like we're doing now, think substantively about how to move forward, how to interact with others. There's so much value in how we interact with other humans um, to where the, you know, there might have been a less aggressive approach from the doppelgangers. Um, but it really shows us on a practical level. Like we, I don't think we benefit as much as we think we do by covering up the past rather yeah. than confronting it. Cause another way of thinking about it too, when they switch places early in the film, 
it could almost be seen as like how if you cheaply kind of just push down a part of your character or something you struggle with or you know what I mean? You're just trying to bury it, but it doesn't really go away unless you've really fully dealt with something. You can swap out one thing for another thing. You can try to put something underground and, and put it away. Um, but the reality is, is that unless you really deal with stuff, it, it does come back to, yeah, know, we try to look, look at the tether. Yeah. There's a form where we can look at the tethered and be like, oh my gosh, they're barbarians. They're crazy. But it does raise a question like how much less are they you? How much less are they us? You know what us. I'm saying? Just cause they're the ones approaching killing you. Who's to say that if you weren't, and, and even I think Lupita's character shows just exactly, because yeah. you're on this side of the fence doesn't mean you would act or behave any differently if you were under the same circumstances. And so don't mm. be so quick to dismiss and say, oh, that's them. And, oh, they are barbaric. They crazy. It's like, yeah, and you could be too. And I think that exact thing was illustrated in a scene that I've really enjoyed. I feel like slightly different ways each time I've seen it when they're – their fr- uh, their friends families elizabeth moss and her yeah. husband and their twin mm-hmm. girls when they're getting attacked by their doppelgangers the husband's relaxing he's having his uh, sound system play good vibrations by the beach boys and it turns after they've been attacked <laughs> they're, they're trying to say to their little device i forget what they call it but it's basically an alexa they're like uh, call the police and it starts playing f the police by nwa yeah. like the <laughs> shift there it goes from like good vibrations, like Beach Boys, super popular hit, like the mm-hmm. most kind of uh, the emptily positive platitudes to mm-hmm. shifting to like NWA's uh, a California group, like California's thing. Oh, like it's it's movie stars and beaches and stuff. But the things that they're shining a light on in that song is like the plight of people who are being yeah. oppressed and they literally treated put poorly. The- by the authority they put the police on trial. Yeah. 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 That's literally and, the and structure that is of the as, song. And that song starts playing as the tethered are coming to kind of take over. Like it plays like it's funny. Like the first time you mm-hmm. watch that, oh, like F the police starts playing when they're like trying to call the police for help. But really, like when you look at it, it works on so many levels. And that's the that is the thoughtful popcorn entertainment that is actually like saying something that's deep too while also being entertaining and funny like jordan peele man like is a is a true genre mess and i i love how you can only do that in a genre movie like you couldn't do that in a straight down the line drama but it works here on all those levels and when you really think about it like it delivers and for me what i'm trying to get out of that and I've watched this movie many times. I could watch it a lot more because it's a genre film. It can do that and, and have a much more, uh, a much stronger impact rather. Yeah. And, and one part I saw, and this might not be super substantive, but um, so, and everybody, like when the trailer came out, people were talking about it when uh, the song, I got five on it. Yeah came sure. in on the car and Lupita was like on the one and three Perfect rather than the choice. two and four. 
and as actually it, it's symbolism to like oh this is she doing it different because she is different you feel me and so 100%. i think that was that was that was so subtle uh that you, i mean <laughs> you have to watch it a lot to get like the connection of that because then you're thinking like okay she's a little off beat i don't know why she's doing it like that but then you watch it a few more times and it's like ah oh, because you you a different breed and so it it was it was kind of funny but also that even that was intentional and i, I really love that and also another good gabe joke slash denial moment too where like the, the two kids, the younger boys, like, like, what's that mean? Like, what's, what does I got five on it? What's that mean? His mm-hmm. older sister's like, it's about drugs. And then <laughs> Gabe's response is, it's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Like, don't think about it. Just enjoy it. Like, that's <laughs> right. kind of his, yep. his deal. And yep, exactly. that's just another aspect of like, it is easy to kind of go through life just kind of vibing and enjoying things and not really thinking about it. And not that you need to get terribly deep into like that particular song, but just to kind of show his attitude of he's like, he is not a thoughtful guy and that can reflect on, I don't know. It's like, I can, we try to be thoughtful here at the substance, biblical, thoughtful human and, and such, but it, it can be easy to just kind of go through life and enjoying things and not really thinking about what's underneath them. Yeah. Mm. It's good, guys. Well, hey, we really enjoyed this film. We think you guys will too. So if you have not watched it um we absolutely recommend that you do and watch it multiple times i think you'll get quite a bit from it um and then watch it again yeah and definitely watch it again and and we'll definitely be covering nope at some point because we're super excited for that um yeah so let's move into shout outs shout outs so I'm actually going to pivot here. Um, I was going to shout out, uh, I was going to kind of keep it on the horror front and do a horror comic that I read recently that I thought was pretty good. It's not, it wasn't the most substantive thing in the world, but I wanted to highlight it because I enjoyed it. But actually, I, I said something during the recording here. Um, the first Purge actually will be my shout out this time. Oh. I have been a fan. I have been a, what is the right word? Not reluctant, but like a hopeful fan of the purge franchise and mythos. Like it is a really interesting idea that is not entirely dissimilar to some of the ideas in us, but I've kind of felt like every purge film or series fell short for a long time. The purge materials failed to really capitalize on the the power of the underlying idea. Um, But then the first purge, which kind of, goes to the point like you said it's like how did it all start Mm -hmm. um i thought like it's very genre it's very like silly and popcorn in ways but i thought i was like okay it it was like the fourth or fifth film um but i thought it finally kind of truly capitalized on and it's thin like the characters are very whatever but i was like okay It, it gave me what i wanted out of the purge movies and i enjoyed it a lot so it r rated horror movie very gruesome um yeah definitely a splish splash i I enjoyed the uh, i don't i I mean i I don't know what we're saying splish splash means right now it's not like well there is language but i guess splish splash of blood too (laughs) it's check it out use your discretion but i i really did enjoy the first purge awesome all right play the sound i got a triple feature (laughs) so i'm gonna go super fast 
Whoa. I got three shout outs super fast. One is the movie called Searching. Forget the year that it nice. was released. Um, especially, yeah, the, especially the intro. One of the best intros that I've ever seen in my life. Like it was one of the quickest but most effective ways for me to be attached to the characters. Absolutely phenomenal film. Probably it's been on my watch list forever. I oh still my gosh, it it's really really good. So definitely watch the movie Searching. Uh, oh. Second, super fast. Um, Labyrinth has a song that comes from the uh, Euphoria show. I'm not shouting out the Euphoria show, but I am shouting out this song. Uh, it's Always called... around the Euphoria show. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's called Skeletons. It's a it's a banger. It's very fast. It's super super hype. It starts off very melodic and kind of just kind of dainty in a way, and then it just goes hard. So super super awesome, 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 awesome song. And then I also wanted to shout out a YouTube channel. Um, I've been recently watching uh, TLA or The Lead Attorney. Um, this is a guy who's uh, over 20 years uh, of divorce uh, uh, court that he's, he's a lawyer. He's been practicing for a long time. So he converted over to YouTube to share a lot of thoughts and insights about all kinds of things in the uh, court. And the guy makes it so entertaining. Anytime you hear lead attorney, hope you guys are doing well, man, you already know it's going to be good. Like he, he enters all of his uh, videos that way. He, he does a lot of live streaming, um, but the guy just makes engaging in uh, certain legal topics, super, super in engaging. It's funny. It's entertaining. Uh, there, there's definitely a splish splash warning depending on which live you're watching. So be be aware of that. But uh, definitely wanted to shout out the movie Searching, the song by Labyrinth called Skeletons, and uh, the YouTube uh, YouTuber uh, TLA, the lead attorney. For my shout out, is it chill if I shout out a mobile app? This is kind of sure, weird. sure, man. Yeah, it's just a game, but it's been kind of fun. I've been on family vacation, and it's a game I've kind of got my family into for um a while it's actually on steam as well and i believe android so if you've got a pc with steam or android you you'll be able to play it as well as if you have an iphone it's called polytopia or the battle for poly polytopia it's kind of a turn-based rts game and they recently had some updates to it that allows like alliances and some more like complex stuff and it's pretty fun there's all sorts of different oh. like nations you can play as tribes they call them and um they have like different abilities or whatever or advantages and i don't know I, I just think it's really fun you can play with your family i've i've played with we've got a game going right now my father-in-law my wife and me and it's it's pretty fun nice that's what's up man there you go polytopia it's my shout out the battle for polytopia or polytopia uh, you can search either. I always just call it Polytopia because it's easier, but I think sure. that's the full title is the battle for Polytopia. So, well, hey, maybe uh, throw your username in there if anybody wants to join and fight against you or play with that. I don't know how it works. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can. You can find people uh, based on their username and add them and um, then start games and stuff, but um, DM us I if you start it. Lose all of my time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, oh, cool, man, guys! I, I miss substantive cinemas. That's fun. I'm glad yeah. to be talking. Yeah, this is great. Since we switched to bi-weekly, this makes me want to go watch it again. We didn't have one in the can, so like, 
logistically it's been a minute since we talked we all watched the same movie and talked about it so it's nice to get back on track we'll be getting back on track with these yeah and get a little more planful trevor i am so excited for you to watch everything everywhere all at once i'm very excited Ooh, is that is that my next assignment that's That's probably going to be our next one i mean we've been talking with hannah and her husband they're eager to uh get on it so teaser for the listeners there and all right i haven't I'm opened my excited. mission impossible goggles yet i'm excited i didn't, I didn't to see want them Vincent to explode too early while i was on vacation so <laughs> now i know hey a movie reference Cherno, Cherno's movies hey, here's the thing the goggles also mission impossible 2 that was like 2003 or 4 maybe <laughs> that's, that's real good uh, Wait, how many times have we gone <laughs> Like that. Oh, this is a visual joke for an audio podcast. Wow. That was yeah. the year 2000? That was 22 years ago. <laughs> I so remember the thing is, watching that the... at your birthday at your house on VHS. Oh, was that the was that the flicking, the, the cigarette flicking birthday? No. No, that no. wasn't. That was later. Um not not that I did. That that it just happened. That's um, great for our listeners. A little bit of mystery. Like that's it's a very interesting thing to just kind of throw out there. Yeah, you know, that's anyway. a thing to throw out there. The thing about the thing about my movie references is they all they usually come from movies that you've watched that then I reference because we talk about them. <laughs> yeah, because ninety percent of the movies you watch are in some way to do with me. It's so much faster to let you watch the movie and then I just know about it. True. Like it, and I didn't take two hours watching the movie. It's true. It's it's one way. I do the same life. thing with academic papers sometimes. It, one could say that my movie knowledge is like tethered to yours. Ooh, all right, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good closer there. So uh, we'll wrap that part of the show up, um, guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for rocking with us. It's exciting to kind of see the numbers, like. On our shows, it doesn't look like we've had people dropped off. It actually looks like the taking the week off and going to bi-weekly has given people more of a chance to check out our back catalog. Our back catalog listens have kind of jumped up a whole bunch, so that's exciting. If you are newer to the substance and enjoying our back catalog, um, we'd love to invite you to join us to become a regular supporter. Um, you can do it on the anchor link in our show notes. Um, there's a 5 or $10 a month option. Um, it's, it's a great way to help support us. Let us know that you're interested. You want to hear more substance, kind of help us build it out. We've got a couple of different goals and we might actually look at like tiers and say, I don't know, like we might have more, um, incentives for that in the future. But if you just like it, if you think it's a high quality show worth paying for, we'd love it if you join us there. Or if uh, monthly support is not something you're interested or able to do right now, you got a nice fat tax return. You can shoot us a couple of bucks at a cash app at dollar sign, the substance pod. Always appreciate folks who send us a little something. We, we do this for free. We're always going to do it for free, but uh, it's nice and kind of this entertainment economy kind of supporting the stuff you like. So those are the two main ways to support us. Visit our site at thesubstancepod.com. There you are going to find all of our episodes, all of the content that we talk about. Um, Our YouTube page doesn't have our comment section active, but we do have it active on our website. So leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought about this episode or any episode in the past. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Our social links are in the upper right corner of the homepage. So you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
and also check out the blessed playlist we actually have episodes and songs that we do enjoy um that we've shouted out on here or that we just like that you guys can check out um there is a splish splash warning on there there's you know, look for that explicit little uh, icon on there. If, if that is that part of your conviction, then don't click on that. Um, but there's plenty there that you can enjoy and you can be listening with us, enjoying with us, and maybe even adding things to your own playlist. So uh, visit us at thesubstancepod.com. And I will say, uh, we'll wait till it's uh, done done to uh, plug them explicitly. But Vince and I have a guest appearance coming on... Uh, friend of the show show that we've plugged before that we're very excited for super i have a couple other um guest uh, um appearances that i'll be recording soon wait till those are recorded and posted in the podcast world <laughs> it's right. it's not real until those episodes are published so right. what we'll, we will have some of those hopefully to be plugging soon here awesome so yeah look forward uh to those uh look for us on those other podcasts look for us also in a place that you might not expect, your phone line. <laughs> Just on the other end of it. Nice. It's, it's almost like the tight string and the little tin can. It's kind of like that, but but just a, a telephone where you dial numbers, and that's how you get to the end of it. And those numbers are 913-703-3883. And that will direct your electronic representations of the audio coming out of your mouth hole to our voicemail line, because it is in fact the year of the voicemail. You're the voicemail. So if all that makes sense and you want to do it, dial 913-703-3883 now. Do it now. Dial it now. And we made it easy for you too at thesubstancepod.com. If you get it on your mobile device, you can just click it. You got a year of the voicemail banner. Yeah, click it, and you have the option to call click us it. right away. So, Click it. Do it now. And when you do it right now, because I just told you to, you can just be like, yo, Trevor told me to do this right now. And then you can tell me anything. You can say, hey, this is what I think about the substance. This is what, what I thought about this episode. This is some of the ways the substance has impacted my thinking or my life. Or um, here's some thoughts I, I have about ways to make the substance better. Whatever. We'd love to hear from you. You're the voicemail, 913-703-3883. Dial it now. Right now. Boom. Boom. You can email us. You know, it's thesubstancepod at gmail.com. I mean, that's on the website, too. It's all on the website, thesubstancepod.com. It's really cool. Really cool. Just like this episode. And you're cool for joining us. Me, Trevor. And Philip. And Vincent. We will see you next time on The Substance. We go. Follow us on thesubstancepod.com. Visit that website. Let me start over. Visit our website at the sub. Okay, what the heck? <laughs> Follow our website. <laughs> Follow our website and visit us on the... <laughs> uh, all right.